Every time I teach hunter safety, something comes up when I start talking about backcountry hunting. Bears. So today, we're going to talk all about bears. This is the Beyond Hunter Ed podcast, where the focus is on all the questions you wish were answered in the classroom and quite a few more. So whether you're an accomplished lifer or a complete newbie, and you're looking to discuss all topics hunting in an entertaining and unfiltered way, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Eric Jaitner. The reason I want to talk about bears today is it's back in the news. We had another fatal bear attack. This latest one happened July 6, 2021, so early last month. And it marks the fifth person killed by bears in the United States this year. We are on pace to set the record. We have five currently in 2021. The prior record for number of people killed by bears in a single year was in 2014 at six. Remember, that was all year. We've still got the rest of hiking season, backpacking season. We've got hunting season. We've got a lot of time. So we're on pace for something that's not really good. If you look back at the data, in 2020, we had four people killed. 2019, there were two. 2018 was four again. 2017 was two. 2016 was one. 2015 was three. And then 2014 is at six. So what's the common theme here? Well, there every year there's bear encounters. And so... Even though it's extremely rare, look at those numbers, six, how many people are out in the woods every year? It's extremely rare to have an encounter, at least one that's going to end fatally for you. So that's something to make yourself feel a little better. It's really not that common, but I understand it. I hear about it every time I teach when we start talking about backcountry and everything like that. You hear about bears. Well, I get it. I mean, they're big. You've heard a lot of stories. It's simple. So people can get scared of the bears pretty easily, especially if you're going to be spending the night out there. You're not used to it. I get it. But we're going to dispel some myths and we're going to kind of make you put your mind at ease for this one. Like I said, it's very rare. That's the first thing you got to think of. It is on a rise, but let's look at some of the circumstances that have been around some of these things. In most of these cases, people were not following the proper procedures. In the one we're talking about here, there is a grizzly bear came into a tent because cosmetics and food were stored in the tent. And as we're going to get into when we talk about camp setup, that's a big no-no. We don't put our food or our cosmetics or anything that has an odor in our tent with us in bear country. That's just asking for problems. And that's a common theme across most of these bear attacks is that people are, especially the ones that happen in tents, people are bringing things into their tents with them. Well, we can solve that problem. You can take steps to remove that threat. Make it so you don't have your food. You don't smell like food. It all works. It helps. So what's your plan A? to keep yourself safe in bear country. Plan A is setting up your camp properly. 
And if you go on the website, I'm going to have a link to the document that the Colorado Division of Wildlife put out. And it's all about setting up your camp in bear country. So first is choosing your site. Obviously, when you set up for camping, try to avoid areas that there's bear in there. If you find bear scat, if you find claw marks on the trees, everything like that, these are signs of bear activity. Well, find a different site. If you're in a bear's area where they're living is their bedroom right now, well, you're much more likely to have a bear encounter. So find a different site. Look around your campsite. Now you might not find it, but generally speaking, if you're in a core area, it's going to be a lot easier to find sign. Just take a look around and see what you see. Second, make sure that you set up your camp appropriately. And when I say set up your camp appropriately, what I'm getting at is make sure you have a sleeping area, a designated sleeping area. And in that area, food does not come in. You don't cook there. You don't clean there. That is your sleeping area. Keep those scents away from your, your sleeping area. And always pay attention to what direction the primary wind is. You don't want to be having the wind blow from your cooking area through your sleeping area to what would be the bear if it's being attracted by your food. So pay attention to that. Additionally, make sure your cooking, your food, those areas, make sure that's at least 100 yards away from your sleeping area. And like I said, make sure it is downwind of your sleeping area. You want the wind blowing from you to your food. That's, that creates two things. One, if a bear is coming into the scent of your food, he's going to come in and follow his nose to the food. Well, that means he's not coming through your sleeping area to get there. And number two, when he gets to your sleeping area, he smells you there. Generally speaking, bears don't want to be around people. He sees the world through his nose. Bears see the world through their nose, just like deer. I mean, their nose is extremely powerful. We all know that. If they smell people, generally speaking, they want to get out of there. So this is just a good chance for you to let the bear know you're in the area and that this is your zone. And odds are they're not going to mess with you. And if they do, it's 100 yards away. They're just messing with your food. You'll be okay. Just don't bring them into your sleeping area. Do the same thing, though, with your, with your bathroom area where you're going to set up as this is where I'm going to the bathroom. Keep that 100 yards away from your sleeping area as well. Do all these things to just kind of make it easier. In your tent, have some bear spray. Have a flashlight. If you've got to get out to go to the restroom in the middle of the night or whatever you want to do in the middle of the night, you wake up, you're just not sleeping well, and you want to go see the stars because you're in the middle of nowhere and you've been living in the city forever, and you just enjoy seeing the Milky Way every once in a while and going, wow, it's freaking amazing out there. Just have a flashlight. Look around. Okay? So the big ones you got to look out for is food, anything with an order, odor, toiletries, the clothes you cook in. They should all be in either bear bins or hung. And again, in the description, I'll have a link to exactly how to hang a bear bag. So you have your two options. You have the bear bag or the bear canister. And sometimes it's better to have the bag. It's just less to carry. It's easier. The bear canister is sometimes all you're allowed to have. Some places do not allow you to hang. But it's up to you. Learn 
even in areas where they say you can't hang your food, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I've done it before. And as long as you're hanging it properly, it doesn't make a difference. Sometimes you just don't have enough room for everything. Usually in that situation, what I would do is my food would stay in the bare canister to follow the rules, but I would hang my toiletries if I didn't have enough room in the canister. It all works, but just learn how to do it before you get to the backcountry. So that's your plan A. Plan A is to set up your camp properly, store your food properly, cook properly, use the facilities properly, and sleep in the appropriate area. That's going to remove 99.9999999. It's going to go on forever. My amount of bear attacks. But like we know, you can be as safe as you want to, and sometimes things can still happen. So then we get into plan B. Let's talk about plan B here. What is plan B? Plan B is a deterrent that you use with the bears. It's either going to be bear spray or what a lot of people think is guns. So I'm going to tell you that the data definitely says bear spray is the better option in the backcountry over firearms. Okay, so let's break these down real quick here. What does the data say first off? Data says that roughly 80% of times people try to stop bear attacks with firearms, they're successful. And in 60% of occasions, they kill the bear. So that means if you do the math, roughly 20% of the time, they don't kill the bear, but the gunshot scares them away. 20% of the time, the bear still continues and and manages to hit the person and cause injury. And 60% of the time, the bear gets killed. The one we're really concerned about in this case is that 20% of the time, the person still gets injured in the bear attack. One more big thing that goes against using firearms, according to BYU, they just conducted a study. I mean, I guess not just, this was back in 2012. But in that study, they analyzed what happened when you used a firearm and when you didn't. And there was no statistical difference between actually using the firearm and not using the firearm. So what does that mean? They had 40 instances where people had the firearm, but they didn't use it. And the bear basically at the same rate, one in five was hit by the bear. So that's about the same rate as when they actually shot at the bear. So the data was pretty clear that there is no statistical advantage to having a firearm when it comes to a bear encounter. Now with bear spray, that's totally different. Bear spray example says that 98% of people who were able to carry the bear spray in the woods with them and then deployed it were uninjured in the close encounters with bears. 98%, that's 1 in 50 versus 1 in 5. So you have a much better chance of being successful in deterring a bear attack using bear spray. Why would that be? Well, I'm going to say that the biggest issue is the method of deployment. Bear spray comes out as a fog. It is basically an area effective deterrent. When you use bear spray properly, you spray it at the bear in an arc about 10 to 20 feet in front of you and it hits the ground and creates a wall that is going to mess with the bear senses. So if you're using that properly, it's going to get close, but it's not going to get there. And all you have to do is just sort of point and shoot. It's a much easier thing to use and you have backup. 
you only use about half the can to spray out your arc. Then you hold on to it. And if the bear continues, you know, keep backing up. And if the bear continues to come through, spray another arc. It probably won't make it through the first one. And it definitely won't make it through the second one. And then you have the bear running away from you and life is good again. Okay. Of all the people that were injured on this study with the bear spray, all of them were injured, not by the bear, mind you. It was because they sprayed this into the wind because that's where the bear was coming from. And the wind blew the pepper spray back into their face. Yeah, it hurts. I'm sure I've never done it. I don't want to do it. You couldn't convince me that I want to spray myself with bear spray, but it sure beats the alternative of being smacked by a bear. It's not going to take many hits for a bear to hurt you. Think about one and you're, you're in really rough shape, but that's why bear spray is effective. Okay. So let's look at what the drawbacks of the firearm are as hunters. We all want to believe we're really good with our guns, right? Well, the data shows us that of the people who shoot at bears, only 60% really hit them well. The other two and five, the other 40% of people either miss completely or just wing them. Okay. It's very difficult to make a point accurate shot at a bear charging you in a very short amount of time. Additionally, let's think about when you're out hunting and you make that shot on a deer Sometimes the deer doesn't just go down, does it? Especially if you're using a smaller caliber weapon. So if you're using a handgun, a 45 as your bear gun, or even, you know, I've heard of people saying, I'm going to take a nine millimeter as my bear gun. Yeah, it makes noise, but that's like taking a 223, shooting it at a deer at a hundred yards and wondering why you have a tracking job because I mean, the reality is, even if you hit them square in the chest, if it doesn't actually shut down the nervous system, well, he's still coming at you. And all he's thinking about is, is hitting you. He thinks you're trying to hurt him. So that's where you get into the problem. So even if you do make a good shot, the bear could come through the shot and still hit you. I mean, a 357 Magnum will probably do a lot more for you than a 9mm. We understand that. But if you're deciding between a 9mm and bear spray, hands down, bear spray is going to win out every time. So that's part of plan B. But the other thing you can do is electric fences. And UDEP, it's going to be linked on the description, has what they call bear shock. The bear shock electric fence. You can buy their version of it, which is very good. That's the first one I ever had. Or you can go ahead and you can make your own. Just go on to Amazon. All you need is a few posts, um, some wire string, and an energizer, and some clips. And you can make your own pretty easily, actually. UDAP sells theirs for, you know, it's like $250 or $300. But on Amazon, you can get all the pieces for it for probably under 100 bucks. They're just as effective. You just have to know what you're doing. And the bear fences, I'm going to tell you right now, they work. And depending on where you are, they're definitely worth it. If you're going fly fishing up in Alaska or something like that, where, hey, this is what you just want to do, I think it's worth it. 
Um, if you're going to areas where there's a lot of grizzly activity, there's some benefits to hunting there. Not many people want to hunt in grizzly country. Some of those tags are very easy to get because people are afraid of the bears. Well, if you carry this and it weighs a grand total of under three pounds, when I cut mine down to fit just around my sleeping area, my tent, generally speaking, I'm taking this, I'm going solo. Um, but if I'm cutting it down, I'm looking between two to three pounds of weight that I'm putting in there. My tent weighs a pound. My sleeping bag weighs a pound and a half. So when I'm all said and done, my entire sleep setup is still right around five pounds. And that's with the electric fence put in there. You can break it into two pieces and put it around your food and your eating area. I mean, it's useful and it is effective. I will link the YouTube videos of them testing it. It's worth seeing. It doesn't actually kill the bear. It just gives them a good shock. They run away. And hey, if they can do this by hanging, I think in the video they hang salmon out in the backcountry in Alaska and they just put it around the fence and they see if a bear will come in. The bears never go through the fence. I mean, it seems kind of rough because they're sitting here getting just tempted with this food. You know, so hey. But clearly it shows that it works. So that's another option for you. And if you set your camp properly, if you carry your bear spray, if you put an electric fence around you, I'm going to tell you right now, there's really not much else you can do. You have way more chance of getting into a problem. You had way more chance in the beginning of getting into a problem on your drive to the hunting area than you do of having an incident with a bear that's dangerous for you, especially if you're taking the precautions. So before next time, give some thought to what your thoughts are in bear country and understand that there are plenty of precautions you can take and you can understand how to set up your camp properly. And if you decide that you're comfortable hunting in grizzly country, going back country in grizzly country, it's going to open up a whole lot more opportunities where other people really just don't want to go to hunt. And you're going to have a much better time, much better chance of drawing a good tag in those areas. And I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond Hunter Ed Podcast. And as always, if you have questions, please email us at questions at beyondhuntered.com or you can find us on the web at www.beyondhuntered.com. Beyond Hunter Ed.